When Audrey and I first met and began trying to make a relationship work from two different sides of the Atlantic Ocean, I distinctly remember all those first times that we had to part and say goodbye. And like so many couples who simply say goodbye and drive to their separate homes on different sides of town, for Audrey and me saying goodbye involved one of us having to get on board an airplane and fly all the way to a different country. We certainly knew when we started that a long distance relationship would never be easy, but we also knew that God must have had some idea about the challenge he'd set before us, and we didn't want to let a few thousand miles in an ocean keep us from accomplishing this unexpected, unforeseen blessing for us both. And what a challenge it truly was on every level, but especially with at least five hours of time difference between us while we were separated and apart. Each and every day when I'd wake up in Florida, Audrey would already be in the middle of her work day at school in Ireland. And when she'd get home from work, I'd be in the middle of my work day here at the church in Jacksonville. Most of the time, just as I'd finally get home and have the chance to Skype or FaceTime Audrey, She'd just be patiently waiting for my call so we could have a few minutes together and then she could go to bed. All of that made the times that we were finally able to visit each other so much more important for us. And as I imagine all of you can understand when you yourselves have looked forward to going out of town to visit a friend or a family member, once we had that time together, it never ever seemed like it was long enough. Each and every time Audrey would drive me to the airport in Shannon in Ireland, or I'd drive Audrey up to the airport here in Jacksonville, our goodbyes were always difficult because we suddenly had to face the distance that was going to be between us again. So Audrey taught me an Irish Gaelic phrase for saying the right kind of goodbye when we left, which we would always use just before one of us would walk through the security line and toward our departure gate in the airport. That Irish phrase was slongafol, which translates into English as farewell for now. That would be our special way of saying goodbye. Slongafol, goodbye, but only goodbye for right now. That way of saying farewell made it all the more wonderful back in October in the year of our Lord 2014, when Audrey finally got the call to make her drive up to the American Embassy in Dublin for what was to be her final immigration interview. By then, it had been nearly a year since we'd been legally married here in the United States and started the process for Audrey's immigration. And a few days after that interview, when she finally landed here in Jacksonville with her blessed permanent resident visa, thank you, Lord, that's how we both remember it. And even though we still have to say goodbye for now, from time to time, we can say it a lot easier, knowing that at least until we must leave this physical world forever, which we all someday will face, we never have to be afraid anymore of being separated by such a great distance. This all sort of re-entered my mind over the course of this weekend as the church moved through our annual celebration of the ascension of Jesus into heaven, what is the 40th day of the great 50 days 
of the Easter season. When we gathered in the church this past Wednesday for our regular Wednesday morning Holy Eucharist and read again the passages of Scripture recalling Christ's ascension from both the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, I couldn't help but wonder again what it must have felt like for those disciples who witnessed Jesus leaving. Certainly his ragtag group of followers now knew in that moment without question that this man that they'd followed, Jesus, was the Son of God and the Messiah. By that moment, they'd watched him be arrested. They'd seen him beaten and they'd witnessed him die on the cross. And then three days later, they were the first to receive this amazing news that the body of Jesus was no longer in that burial tomb. And after that, they themselves had seen Jesus in person, alive, breathing, eating, and inviting them to touch him and put their hands in the very place of the wounds on his body. And then just as it was all finally coming together for all of them clearly, in the midst of the joy and the excitement, the resurrected Jesus calls his disciples together one more time on that 40th day after Easter, And he leaves them. The first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament, right before the first reading we had this morning, captures it all well, I think. The Acts of the Apostles says that when they had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set, by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Now, it's obvious, as the Scripture tells us from that reading from Ascension Day, those disciples still wanted to know after everything that that happened and all that they'd seen, if Jesus the Messiah was now at that moment of His resurrected glory finally going to restore the kingdom of Israel like that Davidic king all the Jews had been looking and hoping for over the centuries. But Jesus doesn't answer that question the way they expected yet again. Jesus instead tells them that they still have an important job they have to do and a Holy Spirit that they have to receive to give them the power to go out and do that important work. And that's it. The Bible says a cloud carries Jesus away from them until he was out of their sight. Now, if you read that story in the Gospel of Luke, it tells us that after Jesus had left them. The disciples took it all just fine. They marched out of Bethany full of joy down to Jerusalem and they were continually seen in the temple praising God. But the book of Acts gives us what might be, I think, a little more realistic response. Acts says that the disciples leave that place and go straight from there back to the upper room. Now, this is the same upper room where the disciples had gone in great fear and worry after the crucifixion and where the Gospel of John tells us they kept all the shades down and the doors locked. I can only imagine that after Jesus has left them again, ascending up into heaven, they must have had, at least for a moment, a similar worry and concern. 
This Jesus who defeated death and was without question God incarnate had just left them behind again, leaving them to go out and finish for him what he himself had just brought to fulfillment. And he'd asked them to go out without him now into the Jewish countryside of Israel and beyond that into the Gentile world to tell this great story. You can only imagine that they must have worried about how in the world they'd ever be able to do this on their own. They must have talked about that among themselves in that upper room. And what was it that they were going to face doing this? What could possibly protect them now from dying the very same death that Jesus had ultimately faced before his resurrection? And would they ever see Jesus again? But of course, we know today how this important story ends. Thanks be to God. Regardless of how frightened and concerned they must have been there in that upper room on that day of the ascension, they found the way to continue. And even though many of them would indeed die a terrible martyr's death, we are here in this church today because these great first disciples of Jesus pushed ahead and they did not give up. They realized how tremendous a challenge it truly was going to be, but they knew the blessing and the reward was too great for them to not follow through and to not give it all that they possibly had. I have to believe that in that stressful moment they faced, they must have suddenly recalled the last prayer Jesus had offered for them, his disciples, right there in that same room weeks before on the night of the Last Supper. I think we can all believe that as well because that powerful, sincere prayer of Jesus known in the church throughout 2,000 years as Jesus' high priestly prayer is the reading from the Gospel of John chosen for us on this, the final Sunday of the season of Easter. To hear that prayer today for us might be a little confusing because it is a reading of Scripture that we last heard back in Holy Week right before Good Friday. But for those first disciples, trying so hard to understand what to do next after Jesus had disappeared into heaven, remembering that prayer certainly became the great blessing and the assertion of hope that they so desperately needed. As those disciples heard it again in their memory, I think it all began to come together and make sense. For Jesus prayed for them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now, Father, I am coming to you and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. But I am not asking you, Father, to take them out of the world. But I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. In that moment of darkness and worry and 
feeling loss after the leaving of Jesus, they would have heard those words of that great prayer of Jesus himself. And it would have provided the absolute assuredness that he was indeed, even though he was out of their sight, still with them. That they had nothing to fear in this world because they were no longer a part of this world. They had become one with Jesus and Jesus was one with God. He had physically gone up to be with the Father, but by doing so, he was only drawing them closer and closer to himself where they all belong fully. I think it was very much like hearing Jesus say in great love, Salangafol, farewell to you, but this farewell is only for now in the physical realm. It is not forever I am with you. All of you already know the way. You are already assured of protection now from the evil one. You are mine and I am with you. As Jesus said, they have kept my word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. Because of this great prayer, these powerful words Jesus is saying to those disciples and really to all of us who have followed him that he is with us even stronger than we and he himself was physically walking in the world. So we can go out and spread the good news and bring more souls into the Lord's fold. For we are already saved and now not even death has dominion over us who are sons and daughters of God through Jesus Christ. That, brothers and sisters, I believe is the great Easter promise that we, the disciples and followers of Jesus, now are still being sent out to use in the world to bring more to Jesus. And it is a promise that we will never, ever have to say goodbye to the Lord. So be not afraid. We bear the marks of Jesus and we carry the same promise of eternal life of the defeat of death, and of the promise to be with Jesus always, even when we ourselves must pass out of this world and into that greater next. That is the great message of Easter for this final Sunday of the season of resurrection. As we prepare for the coming of the Holy Spirit to empower us to go out into the world and to continue to share this message with those we meet. Let us go forth with this Easter message. Amen.